Hello, and welcome, my lovelies. Come on in, sit down, relax. We got another week of video game frivolity coming your way. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at Another Castle CA. This week was the treatment of GTA to Cavalier. Are these Call of Duty game bans too severe? And we now have the nominees for Game of the Year. My name is Jordan D'Souza, and as always, the good news is I'm joined by Diego Cochting and Rodrigo Cochting. The bad news is your podcast is in Another Castle, episode 23. Episode 23, gentlemen. Gentlemen, I've heard that nobody likes you when you're 23. In light of this, <laughs> I must know what is the best Blink-182 song. Rodrigo, I'll start with you. What is the best Blink-182 song? Oh, my God. I feel like I, I must confess that I am very much a Blink-182 fan, even to this day. I, every now and then I can enjoy it. I want to say Adam's song. Mm. I, I, I want to also give myself the right to change my opinion during this episode. But Adam's <laughs> song is where I'm, what I'm going to say for now. Okay. Our final boss segment will be what is Rodrigo's actual favorite Blink-182 yeah. song. We'll, we'll <laughs> go back to you later on. Diego, the best Blink-182 song, what is it? Uh, for me, it's Damn It. It's an old song, but yeah, I think that's my favorite song. I feel like you guys went on two very different ends of the Blink-182 spectrum mm -hmm. with your choices. Mm -hmm. The correct answer is I, I Miss so. You, of course, though. It's I Miss You. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i almost can't i can't almost can't listen to that song anymore just because like uh i just remember andrew's uh, voice andrew and ellie both like just just butchering that song basically over and over oh it's beautiful we the weekly andrew attack i feel like this is uh -huh. our best recurring segment in this I know. podcast it's perfect. this week in butchering andrew <laughs> i think i'm i think i also slandered him later on i have to find out spoilers for later on in the episode <laughs> Anyway, well, it's, it's great. But he does listen to us, so it's good that he gets mm -hmm. shout outs, even though it's exactly. not, uh, shout out to Andrew. That's what uh, happens. If you guys yeah, listen to true, us, we'll slander you. A true friend, a true fan. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, the true fans of the podcast will know that we also had to find out Game of the Year 2016 for this week. And the good news is we already figured it out. It was unanimous. Mm -hmm. I think the first time, probably the only time I'm going to think. Like maybe once we start getting older games when I don't really have a lot of choices and I just remember things that I vaguely played. We might get close to them. Game of the year 2016, it was Pokemon Go. And there was mm -hmm. no other game that could have come close. However, we needed the people to decide who would accept the award. And we had to vote for which team you were on in Pokemon Go. The winning mm -hmm. team is Mystic, the blue team. So Blanche, she has accepted the award. Congratulations, Blanche, and to everyone at Pokemon Go for the game of the year 2016. And the game of the year 2017 and 2018 and 2019, in my opinion. Would who's, you say who's Blanche? Who's Blanche? Who are you? Uh... She's the leader. <laughs> she's the leader of Team Mystic. I guess I should have specified oh, okay. instead of just saying, "Oh yeah, Blanche yeah. is accepting this." Or, well, Blanche, I haven't like played the game Golden in a Girls? long time. I was. I thought it was one of the Golden Girls. I was <laughs> no, like, okay. that would be good though. That would be fun. I should just. Yeah, I, I don't done mind her. Blanche, but I feel like uh, Sophia probably deserves it more. <laughs> These are the team. Uh, you know, I only recently, I guess, read it, and I, I've always known the names of the professors but only now did someone explain it to me that all of them are named after trees oh yeah yeah and not just professor it. oak i think it's, elm <laughs> it took me until like birch like there there's yeah. uh yeah i think i was five generations in before i realized that and then i had to look it up to see if it was actually a thing or if i was just like imagining this weird pattern and it was mm -hmm. like the number 23 the jim carrey movie where he's just seeing the number everywhere I'm like am i seeing tree yeah. names <laughs> everywhere no no, no. it's a, it a real thing that happened Mm -hmm. I wonder if in Japan they are also named after trees. Maybe. That's a good and question. if it's different trees. I feel like it would be useless to give them different trees. Although maybe some trees are well, not regional, popular right? in Japan. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Something to Pro look up to. Professor, professor Bonsai. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> tiny. The tiny professor. He's a little person. <laughs> I'm, I really hope the next professor. Maybe a professor in uh, Arceus Legends is Arceus. Is it Arceus or Arceus? Which one? Arceus. Arceus. Arceus Nailed it. Hopefully they have a little Professor Bonsai running that little that mm -hmm. little town there. I think that'd be perfect. Mm -hmm. Gentlemen, something that's also perfect is me wondering, what you playing? Diego, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to ask you to tell me, what you playing? Uh, so this week I've been a little all over the place with what I, I've been playing. Um, when I was looking through the games that I had that I, I haven't played yet, I came across Immortals Phoenix Rising. Mm -hmm. And I decided to give that one a chance because I remember that a lot of people had compared it at some point to Breath of the Wild when it came out. So uh, I played it for about two hours, I think. Uh, 
And it is a fair assessment to say that it is like a Breath of the Wild type game. But if I'm being honest, it doesn't come close to Zelda, the Zelda game at all. It was like I was kind of excited about this game when I started to play it because I knew that it involved like Greek mythology and I always enjoy games that are set in that kind of universe. But the game quickly disappointed me. Um, I think what immediately killed it for me was like the floaty movement of the main character. And also like this, it has a comedic tone to the Greek mythology and it comes across as like a bit cheesy, I would say. And it's not mm. like an entertaining cheesy. It's more like a cringeworthy cheesy yeah. dialogue like that they give you. Yeah. So you're like, mm, OK, well, so it was just like the, those two things added together. I was like a little bit disappointed right there. E- even despite that, I still played it for a couple of hours because I, you know, I did encounter some puzzles that did seem very much like Zelda Breath of the Wild. So they were interesting for a bit. But eventually I abandoned the game. I just couldn't do it. I was like, nah, mm-hmm. this game is not worth my time. Mm-hmm. I like at that point, I thought to myself, I might as well just go like play the DLC that I still have to play on uh, that I bought for in Breath of the Wild. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'll get to that soon enough. So after that, I kind of just thought, went back to the N64 pack to see what else there was. And I played Dr. Mario 64, which was a lot of fun. Um, I really like the those Tetris like puzzle games where you know the pieces stack upwards and i would say dr mario is an excellent uh type of that tetris style game and i highly recommend it to anybody that's a fan of tetris it's a like you know it's a very cathartic uh experience to just be able to make all these viruses disappear in the end but yeah uh that that of course i didn't play for too long it's very like uh quick a very casual play uh afterwards i looked through my steam library and i found uh i was looking at a few games i hadn't played in a long time the one i decided to play again after quite a bit i would say it was rocket league Mm -hmm. and that was that was a hell of a lot of fun i mean it took me a while to get uh back into it at first right Mm -hmm. but then afterwards i as soon as i got the hang of uh, my gameplay i was really enjoying it uh quite a bit and i enjoyed it so much i remember like the first day i started playing it like I was playing it and I didn't even realize what time it was. So I went to bed super late. And that's, you know, it's just something that happens sometimes when you just play a game that you really enjoy. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's something very characteristic of like uh, like those kind of esports games. They have a lot of replayability and that's you get lost in it very quickly because like you're it's like especially Rocket League, like e- even like I finish one game and even if I lose, I want to just like have a rematch because I always feel yeah. like, oh, I can beat this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same feeling that I have when I'm playing a fighting game. Right. I'm always like at that moment where I'm like, how did I lose that? I can beat that guy. And like the hours melt away when you do when you play a game like that. And yeah, that game was like, it's amazing. Like till this day, I can just sign up a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could just go in and play it and it's over and over. And it's, it's amazing. Right. I love it. And I guess mm-hmm. that's uh, I've been playing that. And today I decided to uh, install Grand Theft Auto Vice City on my computer, and I was playing that for a bit just because, you know, uh, in honor of the definitive edition coming out, I mm-hmm. decided I will not purchase that for reasons we'll probably discuss later on. No, oh, yeah, we got but, time for that. <laughs> yeah. And um, so then I decided to install the ones that I did purchase, which was like the classic ones came out like like a long time ago. But yeah, that game was working perfect for me and it's like it's an amazing it's such a good game it starts off with like uh the soundtrack is just like one of the best ones you'll find in any video game just because it's set to like 80s music right so yeah i've been playing quite a lot i guess a variety of games this week but yeah i'd have to say the one that's uh that caught my attention again after such a long time is probably rocket league i have rocket league like permanently downloaded on my ps4 Mm -hmm. and then my ps5 and I've come to a realization that I'm never going to be as good as these people who are like flying cars at this yeah. point. So I'm just like, yeah. it's fine. I'm just going to wait until for some reason someone comes over and wants to play Rocket League and I will eventually play Rocket League. But I feel like I've played maybe four games in my life and I'm like, this is very fun, <laughs> but I'm I'm going to have to accept that this isn't <laughs> happening for me. Yeah, I also think like my my uh, degree of fun playing Rocket League directly involves like how many friends I can play with because it's not like skill wise I'm going to excel. So it's yeah. more dependent on can I get other people so that we can have a good time? Yeah, but also like when you play online, you get matched with people that are also beginning, right? So, mm. I mean, it's it's like uh, it, it depends on how much like you want to invest into learning it, really. 
But I do see your point. It's definitely way more fun playing with like people sitting next to you. It's like a Mario Party situation, right? It's always more fun that way. If I'm getting matched up with newbies, then maybe I'll give it a shot. Maybe I'll tune in yeah. next week and see what's going on. Although I got some games waiting for me at the library, so we'll see. That's true. So much to play. Also waiting for me is Rodrigo. He's waiting for me to ask him, what you playing? Um, I finally got around to playing the game that I had set like two weeks ago, I think, like Tunche, which is the Peruvian kind of what I thought was a beat em up. But I think it's more like, I don't know, I play with you. How would you describe it? I think it, to me it was more ended up being like a mix of a beat em up and kind of like um Oh my god, what is that? A, rogue, a, a roguelike. A roguelike, yeah. rogue, right? Like, I think that's kind of where, where it is. I thought it was really good. It has, like, an interesting system of how you can kind of upgrade your characters. So you can go on these uh, longer runs. The animation was great. The music was enjoyable. Um, the characters were fun. I saw a, a lot of cute little Peruvian references. So overall, I was very pleased with, with that experience. Also, I've been there's a new kind of uh, card set that came out for Magic the Gathering. So once again... I'm out there at the very bottom, uh, <laughs> making my way to the top. Making your um, way downtown. Is it, yeah. in, is it Innistrad? Is that the it's, new one? Innistrad was the previous one. This is like Innistrad something. I can't oh. remember what the subtitle is, but it's like a more vampire-focused deck. Like, uh, they typically come out in sets of three, right? And before they kind of move entirely to a new mechanic. So that way you can kind of build on the cards that you have from the previous one so that you're able to, to develop uh, more complex strategies. But uh, I'm having a good time. I don't really change my deck that too much every time uh, anything comes out because I have a pretty solid one. I play in Historic, which allows me to play with my, my deck that uh, I've been playing since the beginning. I don't really have any banned cards. Every now and then I do face off against these decks where I'm like, this this card is going to get banned in the next update. And then, lo and behold, it does get mm. banned. But then they find some new other broken mechanic that they can exploit until <laughs> the next one. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've, what I've been playing with the exception of one other thing that I started yesterday is that I'm back, baby. I downloaded the DLC for Animal Crossing back. and I'm in Ooh. that island. I created a checklist in in like for uh, my for me to do every day. I figured out which fossils I'm missing. I'm using an online tool to plan the layout of my maps. I'm <laughs> hunting down for uh, villagers. It actually occurred to me uh, in the morning that I might reach out to a friend, a mutual friend that we all have, Richard, who may or may not be listening to this, um, who has NFC the little NFC things for the amiibos, so that I can maybe just get these char these characters without having to hunt them. Because I do have an opening right now, and so I'm worried that somebody will come in and take this opening before I'm able to bring somebody else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then it's going to be a hassle to kick someone else off the island. But, I, I like, as of now, I have, I think, like, three out of nine villagers that I'm happy with. So six are just dead weight waiting to be replaced. I was going to ask how deep into this game you are back, and then... I didn't have to ask for that because you told me you have your spreadsheets. You have yeah, I have spreadsheets. You're fully happening. in as you were when the game started. It is video game. It is websites. It is like offline spreadsheets. Like everything is happening. <laughs> I. You seem like you would love the like the type of like WoW games, and then every time you talk about like Animal Crossing, I'm like, oh, that's why he can't play this game because he because yeah. <laughs> we're never gonna make this podcast ever again. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I've mentioned this. Like, I, I, the, I, like, the idea of those games is so interesting to me, but I just know that I will lose myself forever in them, so I can't really tempt myself. Well, that's fair. I, I appreciate you not tempting yourself so that uh, this podcast can continue, and maybe solely so this podcast can continue. <laughs> so for me this week, I another game that uh, always sucks me and I can never get rid of is FIFA. So I finally finished my uh, Four Screen Rovers uh, free agents only career mode. We won the Premier League. And then I played one more season after that. And I just simmed every game to see if they would actually win if I wasn't playing. And they came second. So they did okay. These guys did okay. Mm -hmm. But the main okay. thing that I finished this week was my girlfriend and I finished It Takes Two. And that game, magical game. Beautiful game. This is a game that I was weary that it had to be played in co-op because uh, sometimes when you force people to play a co-op game together, then it's going to be a lot fewer people playing it. They might get different ideas about how, like, what's going on with this game. This is a game that I everyone needs to get a friend and play this game with them. It's fantastic. Almost every level is completely different, so it's always something new to play, basically. Uh, the weapons that you play with, like, it's impossible to play this game solo. Like, there's one level where you're fighting this, like, queen bee, 
and the one character has like this gun that shoots honey and then the other one has this gun that like ignites the honey so you have to shoot the honey in order for them to ignite it first anyway it's great there's so many different levels so many different things to enjoy it takes two was great but anyway it takes two fantastic two games that i do have waiting for me at the library though are very annoying because i've been waiting for them for months and there's fifa 22 Mm -hmm. waiting for me and also the new life is strange is waiting for me as well so i feel like i'm probably gonna do like maybe just a day of fifa 22 to try it out because i it's it's more fifa that's that's i was gonna say fifa 22 doesn't seem like the game that you will benefit from a short library loan because i mean it will be cool to try it out and figure out what's new but then you know, I mean, like you won't get to play like your continuous uh, seasons of managing teams or, you know, figure out the, the small nuances and the time allotted. It's mostly because there's a foot app, the FIFA Ultimate Team app. And when there's a new game, you can play it for like two weeks or so. But then after that time, they lock you out and you have to like play the game in order to be able to use the app again. So I'm probably mm-hmm. just going to use it to play the app and then go back and finish Life is Strange. Which is also getting in the way because the Telltale Guardians of the game, Guardians of the Galaxy game that I got, I'm also not done, and that's also going to be have to be brought back to the library. So I think I'm going to bring it back to the library because there's no wait list, and then take out Life is Strange, and then bring back Life is Strange, and then just take out Guardians again because I think it should live at that library for a week until I come back. But I'll have to plan this out. That's the plan for now. Another plan that we have are to listen to these words from our sponsor. Your podcast is in another castle is brought to you by Layered Butter. If you love movies, there's one book that you need on your shelf, and that's Layered Butter. Each issue is a deep dive into famous directors like Quentin Tarantino, genres like modern horror, or even famous characters like James Bond. Insightful essays are paired with breathtaking art inspired by the movies to make for the one book every cinephile needs. Head over to layeredbutter.com store and buy your issue today. And we have returned. Thank you for joining us, everyone. First item on the docket, as was uh, preluded by Diego, the Grand Theft Auto remasters are here. And oh boy, they were not ready to be released yet. Goodness gracious <laughs> me. So this news story is really just a combination of a bunch of different smaller news stories, but they're all pretty much about how the new... GTA remasters are just very, very poor. So first of all, the games were pulled early from the PlayStation Store as the game was accidentally unlocking early for gamers in some regions. So they basically pulled the whole collection for sale until it was able to be unlocked for everyone. So that was a good start. It also had to be removed from sale on PC to remove files that were unintentionally included, and it wasn't playable on PC because of this until three days after launch. Next... The trilogy has an aggregate score of 0.5 for the Switch version, but it does peak at 1 for the PS5 version. Sections of this game have rain that are so heavy, it's basically unplayable as you can't see anything. Character models are beyond borderline cartoony and uh, frightening, as Rodrigo pointed out in our Slack group. And the game's soundtrack is also missing a lot of real classic bumps that people really liked. I mean, that's kind of a licensing issue. We can't really blame them for that. But it's one of a list of many things, so I have to list it. Good news, though, everyone, is that the rain has been fixed by modders. Modders have fixed the rain. Mm-hmm. It hasn't actually been yep. fixed by anyone. So I guess, Rodrigo, I'll start with you. These games themselves are technically playable, which saves it from cyberpunk territory. But what do we, what do we make of these remakes? Did Rockstar really not care and think people would kind of buy it regardless? Did they think maybe the cartoony characters would put like a fun twist on the games? More importantly, though, Rodrigo, the more important question is, am I going to get a terrible Red Dead remake that's looking like this? That's the most important question that I have for you. <laughs> well, let's, t- let's tackle that in order. I mean, uh, kind of what I think about this whole thing, I've never really fully played GTA before. Like, I've given it a try. Like, I've driven the car around on a couple of things, but never the full experience of the game. So this could have been, I think, like the perfect opportunity for someone like me to approach it and i just think like overall it's really unfortunate that this ended up happening on some level i think it's kind of a symptom of like this bigger thing that we're seeing as a trend with this current gen of games which is kind of a a a very lazy porting uh, of older games because a lot of them have seen success coming to this new gens and like you know gamers want to buy like the 
the, uh, Super Mario World again on the N sixty, you know, like on the Switch or like God of War, or whatever the case may be, right? Like we're seeing all these ports, and I think like people are trying to cash in on this. But this is an example of what happens when you don't do your due diligence and you rush things before they're ready or you don't put in the proper effort. Like it ends up, I think like it's an unforced error and now it's going to put an asterisk against a franchise that was held in very, very high regard. And like to now have like one of the lowest rated games in history and the Switch one and like a one on the P like that's very shameful, I would say, for the company. Um, as to your point, whether it will give you a shitty Red Dead Redemption remake, I think maybe this will be the saving grace to you, though, that I think they're not going to want to repeat this mistake again. So they will take perhaps longer to get you that game. But when it does come out, it's going to be something that will be much, much better. I know that part of the, the some of the issues were because they they moved it over to the Unreal Engine, which is like an engine that is held in, in high regard. So. I think like it's cool that they put that amount of uh, of effort into it, but at the same time, like you do need to like, I I think playtesting this would have showed you that that it's not something that you that you're ready to put out, and maybe the best thing to do is just to say like, hey, let's I have to we have to level with everyone. The game is not at a point where we want to put this out. Like I know it's disappointing to hear that, but it would be more disappointing to play it. Is perhaps what they should have done instead of what they did. Funny that it's called the Unreal Engine, considering how terrible and unreal these characters actually looked yeah although there's a good point about the red dead game so basically you're saying that grand theft auto walked so that red dead could trot yeah exactly a little horse okay yeah i got it no worries perfect diego <laughs> i turn to you the game's technically playable so i guess they're like it's it's fine does do you think maybe there should have been a little bit more care to these games or is it really just a collection that they could have just crapped out and it seems like they did so it didn't really matter what kind of shape it ended up in yeah, it's that's definitely what happened. I mean, like, I don't know, like Rockstar, they put this out and it's almost like they didn't even care to like check it or anything. And it's sad to hear because um, I've had such great memories with these games and they definitely deserve better than what they uh, got. And, you know, the one thing I guess uh, I'm sure Nintendo's loving the, that the attention is all set on Rockstar instead of them all of a sudden. <laughs> but, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, as I said, Rockstar was just looking to make a quick buck in, in this collection, but it was just so sloppy. And it's, you know, it's crazy that they would call something like this a remaster uh, from the they trailer. They called it the definitive edition. <laughs> definitive edition. It's the definitive edition only because they took down the other edition. So it's the only one you <laughs> can get. That's why it's a definitive it's edition. definitively the only one you can buy. Yeah, that's the only reason why it can be called that. Um but yeah, but as I was saying, like when I saw the trailer, it actually did look nice at times. I was looking mm -hmm. at like the lighting and everything. It it old it looked like an old game still. It definitely looked like a PS2 game, but the lighting at times looked really good, right? But of course, uh the situation like in a trailer is that you're controlling what you're showing the audience. And then once people started playing this game, they realized like, hey, this game is like not okay. It's not like whatever they did to it is really bad and it's not even worth playing at all. And of course, people are encountering these crazy glitches. And I, I think it's just like it's being a huge issue for like people that just want to like be like try to play the game, try to enjoy the game. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, I saw like all these different things that were happening. I saw this one player showing off the, the rain situation in GTA San Andreas. The rain particles, like they were so big and they were falling so often. It was impossible to distinguish anything else. That was on screen. Climate and change. But yeah, of course, as you mentioned, the modding community immediately got in there and they started fixing things on uh, what, whichever way they could. Of course, the PC version is the one that always uh, gets these gets these mods first. But of course, Rockstar took down the game almost immediately, the PC version at least. And it was because they wanted to remove that content, as you mentioned. And the funny thing about that content is... Um, they mentioned that it's either because of like there is developer notes in there that, you know, maybe I'm guessing like, I don't know how these developers were behaving, but maybe had some incri incriminating messages there. And the other part is that the hot coffee mission may have been in that I game. I that it's still in, in the, game, in the yeah. game. And I was like, how is that possible? You already got shit for this years ago and you already did this thing where you had to take it out. 
And now all of a sudden it shows up in the definitive edition again. The hot coffee mission, by the way, is the sex mini game that like was a part of San Andreas, but was taken out because like I think if it stayed in the game, it was going to be rated like adults only, mm-hmm. like the like the highest rating you can get. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't want that. So that was a situation they got shit for years ago. And here they are again doing the same shit. It's, they literally didn't give a shit about this port. They took whatever assets they had of the old game. And I don't know what how long it takes like to port a game into another engine kind of situation, but that's literally all they did. They didn't even check, like bother to check bugs. They didn't bother to check anything, any of the content they put out there. They ended up having to do more like uh, work in just controlling all the damage that they had done by putting this game out there than actually putting the work into like remastering the game. So of course people are upset right now. The internet being the internet, there's people just posting outrageous things. They're saying like, this is the end of Rockstar, mm-hmm. which is obviously an exaggeration. I'm sure Rockstar didn't have time to properly master this collection because they're probably working on other things like GTA 6 or the next Red mm-hmm. Dead. Who knows, right? Either or way. releasing GTA 5. <laughs> yeah. Or re-releasing GTA 5, which is <laughs> their favorite thing to do. Like either either way, like it's you know, Rockstar was just looking to make a quick buck. It ended up being a PR nightmare. Like I'm just lucky enough that I bought these original games way before this remaster ha- like mm-hmm. happened. And you know, as just because of this, like as I was reading, I decided I'm gonna install these games just to make sure that I can still play. Just so them. you don't get a PT and, scenario. Yeah. And you know, I was playing it today. I was like, these games are amazing. And it's so sad to hear that like people are just having like the worst time with these games. They are definitely part of like video game history and they definitely deserve more than what they got. I can say that much. Oh, RIP the residents of Vice City. We hope that the flooding uh, ends very soon for everyone who's living in that town. Do you think they will ever go through enough cities that they would maybe do uh, GTA, GTA? <sighs> no, I don't. I, oh my God, that'd be amazing if they did Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the, <laughs> if they ever switch, like I said, they would probably do uh, London. I think yeah, that would the be UK. That's where the, like they're they were set up originally, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's where they would go. But I mean, like they just they love like uh, the U.S. Though, like there's so mm-hmm. much irony. It's like the U.S. is like a literal video video game, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's still spot on to like not. I mean, like where else can you imagine that. just people randomly grabbing guns, randomly grabbing cars, guns? Like, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, actually it's, correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. you should make it in Sweden, and then you try to steal a gun. They're like, we don't have any guns here. There's yeah, there's no firearms. Sticks. Everybody's yeah. grabbing sticks. <laughs> Batons. Well, we hope they fix it soon, and I hope that everyone got the GTA real games before they took them down. But probably, probably didn't. So, RIP US. Cheating in a Call of Duty game could lead you to be banned from every single game in the series, past and future. In a blog post published last week, the Call of Duty team slipped in some drastic news about how their new anti-cheat system is going to work. So extreme or repeat violations for cheating could cause a permanent suspension of all accounts. Additionally, any attempt to hide, disguise, or obfuscate your identity or the identity of your hardware may also result in permanent suspension. The interesting part of this for me was that the permanent suspensions for security infractions may also apply franchise-wide, including the new games that have come out and any past, future, or present titles in the Call of Duty franchise. So Diego, I'll start with you with this one. I assume you'd have to be uh, such a high-level infraction to future ban people, but is it maybe a little bit too extreme to be banning people in the future for games that they're cheating in now? Are we are we not allowed to be forgiven? Are these Call of Duty people, are they the precogs in uh, the movie with Tom Cruise that I forgot the name of already? What's going on with these guys? Should we... I know that you're Exactly. <laughs> nailed it. Mm-hmm. Of course, nailed it. So, I don't know. Is it is it too extreme to be future banning these people, or is it maybe kind of a very big deterrent in order to get these people to stop cheating now you know what like before you asked me i actually was like i'm happy with this news i i i hope all these cheaters get banned forever but now that you're mentioning i do think like uh it's difficult to be a judge of anything right so you don't want to make a mistake and accuse somebody of cheating let's say and then they're never able to like play something again maybe we should be giving these cheaters opportunities i don't know but my original stance when I when I read about this, I was like, this is great. It's like from a gamer's perspective, I think banning cheaters is a great thing. Nothing ruins an online experience more than realizing that you're playing with a cheater. And like as soon as you see a cheater in the game, you're you're like your immediate thought is like, I can't win this. I can't win this. So 
I'm going to have to quit this game and find another game. Hopefully there's gonna not going to be any cheaters in that server. And it goes like for anything, like even something as casual as Fall Guys that I used to play. I remember seeing people just flying around the level and that pissed me off so much. I was like, what the fuck? Everybody's here. Like literally the game's called Fall Guys. and These guys <laughs> are like true. flying through the level. <laughs> right. So as I said, every time I saw that, I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm like ending this. I'm starting another game. So no mercy from me for the cheaters. Uh, I don't understand how like how winning something online and cheating is. Uh, what do you get? What do you get out of it? Yeah. I don't understand. Like how how sad is it that winning even at any cost like that would make you happy? To me, it's good good news from Activision um, because like you know banning cheaters. Like I don't even play Call of Duty, but I'm sure it's like <laughs> uh, people that are online that do play it. I'm sure they're happy to hear about this. And like it's it what seems funny to me, it's that Activision's all of a sudden like their 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 news is something about like them banning cheaters when like <laughs> they have so much like other shit going it's on. It's very much a look over here, not over there situation. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, today I was reading something that the Washington Post published that they were saying that the shareholders at this point want Bobby Kotick to to resign. Oh, I'll get to that. Don't you worry about that. Like, apparently they've been investigating this guy. And, like, he did know about all the sexual, yeah. like, misconduct allegations. And apparently he also, uh, like, threatened to kill his assistant. And his lawyers were, like, saying, like, well, obviously that's hyperbole. As one but, does. As one does. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I'm like, you never know with these rich people. These people fucking treat the world like it's a squid game or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like the irony to all this is that Activision is like, oh, we should punish these cheaters. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well. Good thing you have like morals in some way, activism. Yeah. So, the, you know, uh, killing your assistant is the origin of Catwoman in Batman Returns. So mm-hmm. he might have a Catwoman situation in his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest uh, root of his concerns right now is a Catwoman situation <laughs> brewing at Activision. So, Rodrigo, I turn to you then. These these bans, is it fair to be banning these people from future games for these crimes? And does this lead eventually to the Thought Police? Yeah, I, I, I generally like 90% agree with what Diego saying that like cheating sucks and they should come down hard on them because it does ruin the experience. Like, what is the point for me, a non-cheater, to play a game when somebody else can just hack into it and then like render any effort that I put into it like pointless, right? Like that, that ruins the experience for everybody. But I do kind of hesitate like with the idea of like these these companies uh and their kind of unilateral relationship increasingly unilateral relationship that they have where they will have all the power to decide these things like what i i don't have enough information for example like on what would the appeal system end up being you know like what happens and obviously this is a bad example but say like you know your little brother grabs your account and does something stupid and then it's like the you know like what i I think, as you mentioned, Jordan, that is probably like the punishment will fit the crime. Like maybe it's like a recurring amount of offenses and like of a, a high degree. But I think that all needs to be spelled out really well. Like it's not enough to just say like, oh, yeah, we're going to ban cheaters forever. Because, you know, there's also like what if I did something at like 16 when I was like a young hacker and then like, OK, I'm 21 now. And it's like, okay, I was kind of an idiot when I was 16. Like my brain was not fully developed. Like, maybe there should be some degree of leniency. So, again, it's, like, I think maybe clarity on what, like, an appeal process would look like. Like, what ki- like what kind of offenses would be matched to that severe punishment? Because uh, I, I, I definitely agree that cheating is ruins an experience, but I don't love the idea of a company holding, like, all this power in their hands. Like, it's, like, you know, digital copies we were just talking about earlier. Like, they already basically can take games away from us that we paid for and i i don't know like that that part makes me a little apprehensive not to be like you know major conspiracy theory but i i i kind of uh like the idea of some guardrails being in place there before they have absolute power at least now they're saving you the money they're taking the game away from you before you get to buy it saves you a little bit <laughs> yeah my my <laughs> the thing that i think of most when i think of like in-game cheating i don't play a lot of multiplayer games but i remember i got really into uncharted 2's multiplayer which is very on brand for me and there was one guy who somehow found a way to hack into the ground. So he looked like he was dead. But every time you like walk to his body, he would just like shoot you and you would immediately die. <laughs> and it was like Peter Malark. Yeah. And it was like you couldn't shoot him because he was in the ground. <laughs> so eventually I just like mm-hmm. like he, I think he killed me like three or four times before. I'm like, what if I just throw a grenade at the ground? And then the grenade blew up and then he died. And then he came back onto the map. <laughs> so anyway, I hope he was banned for life. And I hope that you're all banned for life. Next up. The video game award nominees have been revealed. 
So every nominee in every category has been announced. Many are open to fan voting as well. Uh, which ones you can vote for is not something I looked into because you had to make an account, and quite frankly, I didn't feel like it. The Game of the Year Award nominees are the most important award of the night. The nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. The show will air on December 9th. We might have ourselves a prediction show sometime in the future, or... Maybe that's too much work, and we'll see how it goes in the future. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so, boys, I want your general feels about the video game awards. Does this, does this feel like the Oscars of our industry? But also, what are your feels for these Game of the Year nominees? There's no, like, one or big, one or two big nominees, as there kind of been in years before. It's kind of more of an open field mm-hmm. in terms of the, the playing field this year. So, Rodrigo, much like Christina Aguilera, I turn to you. Let loose how you feel about the ceremony and the nominees. How does this make you feel? Uh, I like them. I Shout out to Jeff Keighley for really getting the ball rolling with this thing. I think it is kind of like the Oscars, as close mm. as you can get. It's also a lot more fun. Like, I know in years past, like, for example, this band that I love, Phoenix, they played a, a video game-sounding chiptune version of a song, uh, Tiamo, I think is the one. I can't remember which mm. one they played, but... Like, you know, it's a, a fun night. I think it's also tied to a lot of, like, um, spotlights on games that are, are coming out. Like, companies kind of take advantage of the marketing side of things. Um, overall, like, my thoughts. First, I was like, should I be able to vote for the game yeah. of the year? And, like, I, I because my, my, my question, I guess, is not so much for myself, who I feel like is rather level-headed and, you know, not, like, uh, you know, kind of review bomb games but it's like kind of like the the gaming community in general is not known for being perhaps the most nuanced and so i wondered like how indicative of a real result should this be like i I don't know if you guys are familiar there's this mercury prize in the uk and here we have the polaris prize and it's basically rewards like what they deem to be the album of the year and it's like a panel uh, of judges that is trying to be like cross-sectional as possible. And so I thought, is that something like maybe that what it should be like? And so I looked a little bit more into it and the nominees are kind of done, but like yeah. that, like it's a jury panel composed of members from a different variety of media organizations. And then the winners are then determined 90% by this jury and 10% by the public. So now my thinking has gone to... My why bothered? Our vote doesn't really matter yeah. at all. They're just trying to get us to get like clicks and pay attention to see what happens. Yeah. It really does end up being the jury. And I think, to be honest, I think that is right. Like, I think we're all capable of, um, you know, I I guess maybe like our position as gamers is to hold media organizations to account with their reviews, you know, perhaps yell at them when they compare, uh, was it like Shin Megami Tensei to Persona (laughs) a little too much, like, et cetera, like maybe that. But I, I do think that perhaps that's not where we should be. Like, we should not be in charge of voting for Game of the Year. So I'm kind of happy that that's, what the breakdown is i did the, the part that was curious to me is there was also like you said you can vote on the website also on social media platforms such as facebook twitter and billy billy and <laughs> i want to ask what have either of you guys heard of this platform billy billy because i work in social media and <laughs> i have never don't heard click. of it. Don't <laughs> yeah no that sounds like oh, it's gonna take you to a website <laughs> that is not safe for your workplace mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and one last thought i just uh i i i'm ex- I, I went through all the nominees I voted personally, and I think, like, to me, the four games that I'm very happy got some degree of recognition are Life is Strange, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, and Returnal. And that last one is just because I know Jordan had a good time playing it, and so that's why I'm happy. It didn't get, like, a game, it didn't get into oh, no, Game of the not. Year, but, like, throughout the other categories, you can, there's quite, it got quite a few nominations. Um, and then just, I, I mean, I don't have too many thoughts on it, but I did see a lot of uh, conversation about Forza getting snubbed. Apparently, it is a very good game. I think maybe we also, it reminds me a little bit like in the, when it comes to the Oscars about how if you're like a comedy, a horror movie or a superhero movie, like very unlikely that you're going to get nominated, right? Like it goes to the drama and I think that's kind of similar. And I think maybe like if we are comparing it to the Oscars, we should think how can we avoid the same pitfalls that other 
um, awards uh, kind of fall into where it's like, oh, it's, it's just like the mainstream concept of what is a deserving game is the only thing that gets filtered in. So I don't know what the answer is to that, but maybe it's just something to consider. I think they do do a better job of the Oscars where it's like it's going to be whatever was the best drama they felt that year because we have horror games. We mm-hmm. have most I mean, for the majority of them is mostly third person action adventure games like that's primarily what they vote for. But I do think they do a better job of uh, given a wider range of stuff. So good on Jeff Keighley. I remember he was mm-hmm. the one who organized the Spike video game awards when it was on Spike TV. And then he kind of just like took the whole thing once Spike TV died and made it his own thing. He's doing good mm-hmm. work. I mean, Returnal got snubbed, but they're doing good work other than that. But also the nominees are very good. I don't, it's fine. If Returnal's not game of the year, I'm not going to die because of that. Because then I'll just come back again. Diego, I turn to you. <laughs> Your thoughts on the video game awards in general and this game of the year field that we have. And drop your Billy Billy account. Exactly. Do we need yeah, to make it at yeah. another another Castle CA Billy Billy? <laughs> Something to look into after the yeah, game. We're going to get spyware if we <laughs> click on that. <laughs> don't don't click on it. I'm telling you right now. Um, yeah, so the the VGAs are like, they're an awesome like uh, showcase, I guess, for video games. I think it's, uh, it's a lot of fun for me because I it means that we're going to get to see some new trailers and hopefully they announce something cool, which is always the best part of the show for me in regard to the nominees, they, they seem like great games and uh, they probably do deserve to be there. But as Rodrigo was saying, it's like, even like uh, from my perspective, I, it's not fair that I, I vote for some of these because I think to myself, like I haven't played most of these games. I don't think yeah, it, exactly. you play I, for the game that you played. Of the yeah, exactly. Right. So if like you're voting, like obviously like if it were up to me, I would definitely give game of the year to Metroid dread because that's the one game that I did play. And it it's one of the best games that I played in like the longest time, right? Even though it was really short, I'd say it's one of the best experiences that you're gonna find on the Switch. And to me, definitely deserving, right? But then I haven't played any of the other ones. So I'm thinking like these games must be good. So the only thing to me is like I see these nominees and that just represents to me is like, oh, here's a list of games that I should get to eventually. Mm-hmm. Right? These yeah. are these are some games that I should definitely try. Because there's definitely, you know, uh a, like a lot of people have Played it enough to to you know everybody's voted kind of in a way to say like hey these these games are definitely the ones worth mentioning for this year. Of course, there's been um, some snubbing, I guess, from uh, from this category of like some games. I, I know, like in, in your opinion, Returnal should have been there, and um, I, I heard a lot of like complaints from about people uh, saying that um, Forza should have been in this category too. But as Rodrigo mentioned, that's like a whole situation with like the Oscars about like, you know, them not uh, nominating a game that's like a racing game kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think what the award show has become is actually really good, though, for the industry. It it has like evolved like in a way that like it was something that like, oh, there's a video game award. That's funny. And now I see it more like, hey, we we do have like some time in the spotlight all of a sudden on TV. And I think. There's like a bigger crowd and more people take it seriously. And it's a lot of it has to do with like some of these new categories, right? There's some categories that to me are hilarious, uh, like this ongoing game category. I think like we've, we've seen like Fortnite and Apex Legend like there year after year. I don't know. Like, uh, I guess that doesn't change. Much. No Man's Sky won that you know, one I guess. for them. Did they really? That's good. Yeah. Once once they fixed it like 10 years later. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you know, the, see, like that category, it just seems like, you know, it's funny to me because I, I feel like I see Fortnite there every year. It's kind of it's almost like seeing like John Oliver uh, win his yeah. for his category every year as well. But then uh, there's some other categories that I think like have become pretty important, like the content, uh, the content creator of the year. I like this category because it kind of shows recognition to people that are creating content for video games. And I think that's a really smart category to add in there because if you look at uh, Twitch that day, like whenever the VGA stream, everybody's watching it, everybody's streaming it and everybody's there watching it or just watching the streamer that is they're watching, watching the it, watch along, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. They're, they're watching the watch along the situation. Watch along, yeah. So I think this is like a really smart category to have because like everybody on Twitch is like there uh, they're just, you know, waiting to see their favorite content creator might win. And I think that's it's like a good category to add there, along also with the fact that there's a lot of categories for esports. And I think that's also really cool because I think esports is definitely something that uh, I've seen come to rise to this kind of like level of professional sports. 
And it's it's great because I think it's, you know, it's just the, the very deserving of that. I do find like esports to be very fun. As I mentioned before, I love Rocket League and it's like it's a game that's super addicting. And uh, just to see that all of a sudden, like um, like video games are just being taken so seriously. It's uh, it's kind of cool. Like if we're being honest, like some a game like League of Legends, like the tournaments for that, those those like things make more money than the NHL anyways. Right. So why not treat it like a professional sport at this point? So I think like that's the important thing about like the VGAs that they keep on growing and these categories can kind of like keep on expanding to to kind of show more recognition towards like different aspects of of, our, of the industry. I do. I like how the the award ceremony does continue to grow when it's like there's an obvious new niche here that needs to be awarded. It's not like at the Oscars where they like mm-hmm. they want to give an award for like best stuntman or something like that. But that's not something they'll ever consider. The video game awards, like yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like they have <laughs> at some point. It was a category. It I was think. at one it, point. Was it not? I think so. I don't. I don't remember. I'm gonna have to look that up. We'll find out off the. Point. <laughs> well, Jeff Keeley, you beautiful bastard, you've done it again. The video game awards. We're looking forward to. Them. We'll have probably a recap, and uh, we probably won't do the predictions because I mean I'm not gonna vote for like the esport team of the year. I don't know any of these goddamn esport teams, but I hope <laughs> one of you wins, and I hope that you're all very happy with. Winning. And now for the quick bites, gentlemen. Sony has reportedly cut PS5 production plans as they're expecting to make 1 million fewer consoles. Congratulations, Andrew Perucho. I hope you're happy. It's probably your fault. Also, thanks for getting me my PS5 because I couldn't have done it without you. Modders (laughs) have saved Mass Effect's lost DLC. So when the Legendary Edition came out, it was missing one piece of the DLCs from the original game called Pinnacle Station, and the source code has been lost, which is why they basically didn't bother making it. Modders have now remade it and added it to the game on PC. Hey, video game companies, hire modders. They're doing all this goddamn work for free. Jump Force will be removed from digital stores just three years after being released. But if you're hoping for a bright side, there isn't because they're also turning off online matchmaking. Too. I don't have a joke <laughs> here. It just, it's, it just, I feel like we deserve better with our video game preservation. <laughs> Id Software is trying to stop a man who wants to name his band Doom Scroll. But after attempting to trademark the name, the Doom game developers began a legal opposition to the name, which could go on until 2023. And it's not looking great for my new band, Animal Crossing Borders. I don't think I'm going to be able to get away mm-hmm. with that one. Twitch's leading female streamer, Amaranth? I'm not pretending like I, like I don't know who she is. I generally don't know how to pronounce her name. Amaranth, known for hot tub streams that should probably be on another website that allows for chatting and debating is so far and away the highest female streamer on the site that last month she had viewership that was higher than almost the next two women combined. But don't worry, the Twitch leaks that we got a month ago showed that the numbers aren't even a fraction of what the top males on the service get, since there were only three women in the top 100 of Twitch's top earners. I wonder if Twitch female Twitch streamer two and three are also in a hot tub, or is it just... No. I know Pokemane Num- is two, two, I think. Number two is Pokemane. Yeah, and she yeah. just does regular gaming stuff. I don't know about three. Yeah. Another podcast would have looked into this, but that's all <laughs> the information I have. And finally, the longest quick bite maybe ever, Activision Blizzard. They have three horrifying news stories that's put into one giant quick bite, because otherwise we'd have to make a whole podcast for them. So first one is, uh, as Diego discussed, their CEO reportedly didn't just know about the mistreatment of his employees, but was also complicit in the same activities. He also, the New York, the Wall Street Journal, pardon me, had left, uh, had find out that he left a voicemail, which was going to his one of assistants saying that he was going to kill her. And as, uh, as we noted, which was an exaggeration, uh, that's our bad. But also... A Catwoman situation. Exactly, the Catwoman situation, as it's called. <laughs> also, he told a flight attendant on his private jet who was suing him for sexual harassment that he was going to destroy her. And he said this after he had fired her, allegedly. <laughs> Second... Because of this new report, Activision Blizzard employees are planning another walkout in response to the report's revelations. They're asking for him to resign as CEO of the company, and over 100 employees had taken part in the walkout. Finally, it was revealed that Jennifer O'Neill, the first female studio head who stepped down two months after taking the post, resigned due to being tokenized, marginalized, and discriminated against. She was co-studio head with another man who reportedly made more money than her, She also noted that she had been sexually harassed at the company earlier in her career, as well as professing a lack of faith in Activision's leadership to turn the culture around. So that's what a what a place to work. Yeah, (laughs) no, I mean, it's it's tiring to talk about. I'm sure it's way more tiring for the people who are trying to get change to be made here. So 
Kotick, I mean, I feel like you should just step down and count your money. You have so much that you'll die before you actually finish. So those were our quick bites, gentlemen. I have no segments uh, to to bring us into these words from our sponsors. So listen to these words from our sponsors. Your podcast is in another castle is possible thanks to the support of our good friends at Ola Translation. The Hispanic Ontario Language Agency, or Ola, is a translation agency based in Ontario, founded by four Hispanic Canadians who want nothing else but to help people around the world to communicate in their favorite language, Spanish. Head over to olatranslation.org and use code CASTLE for an exclusive discount only available to our listener. Say goodbye to Google Translate and say hola to Ola Translation. And we're back. I feel like we needed a breather after that segment. A nice little breather, mm -hmm. which will bring us to the hot and fresh games coming out. And if you need a breather, gentlemen, I have it with this little game called A Short Hike, where you hike, you climb, and you soar through a peaceful mountain landscape. A Short Hike is a game about players taking things at their own pace, choosing their own path, and seeing where it leads them. That is a very generic write-up, but it looks lovely. It's a little game where you're doing all these little hiking things, you're flying through the air. It looks beautiful and glorious. Rodrigo, before the podcast started, I asked if you both had games to talk about. I knew that there was only one set of games to talk about, and I was wondering who would do it. So, Rodrigo, tell me, what's hot and fresh this week? Yeah, I wanted to recommend everyone download the GTA remaster, Perfect. but <laughs> no, uh, no, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl is coming out. Uh, Shiny Diamond and Brilliant Pearl, I think, is perhaps the, the description or the other way around. Um, that, from what I'm seeing on the reviews online is that for better or worse, these are very faithful remakes of the games. So if you did not get the chance to play those in an old uh, back in, I guess, an older system or if you enjoyed them, then, you know, take advantage of this to to revisit them and uh, go catch them all like uh, Ash would want you to. They're games that have been remade in a cartoony style, but it's uh, more widely accepted, I guess, than the, the GTA cartoony mm -hmm. style. Not remastered into the Unity engine. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe that was the mistake, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, it brings us to our next segment, our sub and remaster. This is where one of us on the podcast will bring a game that they would like remastered. The other two people on the podcast will say if it is subbed or not to be remastered or remastered, which means we're going to give them all of the metaphorical money we would like to give them to remaster this game. Mm -hmm. Rodrigo, this week, it is up to you. What are we remastering this week? So I, my remaster for this week is kind of dependent on you having seen the Disney Plus uh, Disney Plus Day, I, is that how you say it, I guess? The, the Disney Day announcements that came out. Disney Dia uh, de los Muertos. I don't know, like a, a couple days ago, among the, one of the, w one of the things that was announced was that the X-Men series from the 90s, uh, also known as X-Men, the animated series, uh, is going to continue or get a bit of a revival in, in a show called X-Men 97 going to be releasing in 2023 and so that got me thinking back to old x-men games that we could potentially look into to also bring back in coordination and the one game that came to mind is this this super nintendo i believe it also came out for the sega genesis but somehow i was reading that the sega genesis version was not as good so we're going to stick with the super nintendo one which i played uh x-men mutant apocalypse in this game it's based in the same era. It's not based on the TV show because, for example, you can play with Psylocke for one of the missions, who is not a main character in the animated series. But it's based in the same era that the the animated series took inspiration from the the relaunch by Jim Lee, the the classic blue and gold, and so on that went into the '90s. Um, you can play missions with Psylocke, Beast, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Gambit. Eventually, you go on to face uh, Magneto once you complete all all these missions. Um, I want to bring this game back, but I want to remix it with X-Men Legends, which is another game that I back from kind of like the GameCube, I think potentially PlayStation generation or maybe PS2 um, that I thoroughly enjoyed in this game. You could also it, it also kind of was capitalizing on the popularity of some of those same characters as well as pulling from some additional characters from the comic book. So you could play with uh, Captain Marvel based Rogue, which is like the kind of super strong version of Rogue that people know, the one that flies around can carry giant trees and hit people with it 
not the necessarily the the movie version, which is, I guess is like the more traditional rogue, which is basically just like a human being that can absorb other people's powers. So the X-Men Legends version pulled that rogue. It had Storm, it had Jean Grey, it had Jubilee. On top of that, it had Emma Frost, who was a, a character that was becoming popular in the comic books at the time, or re regaining some popularity because she was originally a villain back in the, the 80s, which is why she was a villain in the old X-Men game. A lot of X-Men mm -hmm. lore here. Uh, Nightcrawler. And basically, like, the, 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 I, the game to me is one of my favorite versions of playing the X-Men. And I'm not even talking X-Men Legends 2 or Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I mean specifically X-Men Legends. I don't know what it is about that game, why I love it more than the other ones, but I think it is great. And I think if you could mix in that gameplay with the visuals that we're going to get from the 90s that, you know, it's like Gambit in a trench coat, uh, that kind of uh, Ludwig looking beast Cyclops mm -hmm. with the, the yellow underwear and the blue, you know, onesie. Like if we can get those classic costumes and get like X-Men Legends gameplay that ties into some of these big arcs that were part of the 90s animated series. But also a lot of the arcs that have come since then, right? Like there's been very big stories like Messiah Complex, Necrotia, Messiah War, you know, like all these set the second coming, like all these stories that have happened with uh, Power of X, House of Ten, uh, Powers of Ten, House of X that have been happening in the comic books. You can now bring those into those classic visuals that everybody enjoys, the great gameplay from X-Men Legends and make all this pastiche of a one beautiful X-Men game. Rodrigo, I think is glorious. I remember watching that show as a kid and most of the time having no idea what was happening because it was so uh it was so good with the comic material that they didn't bother having to bog you down in details. It's like, yeah, these are the Sentinels. They're gonna do that stuff over there. Follow yeah. along or get <laughs> off the pot. This is like this is what's gonna happen. It's beautiful. I would very much like it in that style. I think since uh Marvel now has X-Men out of the doghouse since they now own the rights to make the movies, this might actually be a thing that does mm -hmm. actually happen. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I'm hoping. Rodrigo, yeah. you have my money. Congratulations. As always, Diego, the money's out there for you. Diego, will you fund? I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's yes. But Diego, will you fund this project for Rodrigo? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? I mean, I love the X-Men too. And uh, let me just start off by saying that what you were uh, mentioning that uh, all of a sudden Disney Plus, they had announced that they're going to relaunch X-Men 97. I started thinking, oh my God, I think he wants to relaunch that X-Men arcade game. Which to me, that game was amazing. That one where like it was like the classic 80s, I guess, team. Yeah. And it had like the, the most terrible lines, like uh, yeah. the Magneto line where he's like, I am Magneto, master of yeah. magnetism. That's the one like, where Emma Frost is a villain that I was referencing too. Oh, yes. So that yeah. one, I thought you were going to remake that one. I was like, oh, shit, I'm on board for that. I would like uh -huh. to see that remade. <laughs> and then you you uh, you mentioned X-Men Legends. And I thought like, shit, that is also a good X-Men game. That is like one of my... Also one of my favorite games as far as Marvel characters. Um, mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think we're just going to end up seeing like these X-Men games coming out, right? I mean, we already have the announcement for that Wolverine game. So that's one step uh, in the right direction already. And I, I would assume that like Disney's going to start putting in all their money once they start uh, putting the, in the X-Men in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're going to start investing heavy into getting those X-Men uh, at the level of popularity at, at which they have the Avengers as well, right? Mm -hmm. So why not? Why not launch another game like this? Something like as good as X-Men Legends. I did like the part where you mentioned that we like we would look into like the storylines from the comic books. I think that's always fun. I think that's what Marvel's been, uh, what Disney's been doing pretty well with Marvel and allowing them to put in a lot of those stories from the comic books into the movies. And I think that's what people are enjoying. So why not do it for the X-Men? The X-Men have some great arcs in the comic books. And even if it's just like paid DLC, I think people would like definitely pay for that as long as they can play with new characters and new storylines. I yeah. definitely would. So once again, Rodrigo, as we mentioned before, you have uh, all my funds, which really yes. it's it's a really imaginary money. All it is we're giving you is good vibes. Exactly. So I mean, that's all I you need. Have all yeah. the good I can rock with that. You have, you have them all. <laughs> We're going to give you all the money. If we gave you all the money that Activision put into the settlement that they gave for uh, people who were victimized, oh. you would have not nearly enough money to make this game. So we're going to give you a little bit more than yeah. that. <laughs> I would hire an assistant. We'll see <laughs> where that is. I'll catwoman her. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I would never. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I can't. That's that's. 
I'm just going to tell her, I want to Catwoman you. It's going to be so cool. You're going to come back. You're going to have exactly. powers. It's like, no, please stop pushing me <laughs> no, through windows. No, plausible deniability. I'm not, I'm not going to come back. You know I'm not going to come back if you push me through this window. Oh, well, gentlemen, I must push you through the window of our final segment. It is the final boss. It's where one of you can let us know at Another Castle CA on our socials. Ask us a question, and we'll answer it here on the podcast. This week, it felt appropriate with the Video Game Awards being announced. I want to know, I don't want to know the games that you liked, which games were robbed, like Returnal. I want to know what will win Game of the Year and why. Not your favorites, because we'll probably go over that on another segment later on in the year. But I want to know which game is going to be winning Game of the Year. I'm going to go ahead and steal all of your thunder and begin. I don't think Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Resident Evil, or It Takes Two have a shot. I think It Takes Two and Psychonauts 2 have a chance if they want to be kind of quirky and give a shout to some of the smaller games. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to come down to Deathloop and Metroid Dread. I think Deathloop has had so much groundswell and the review scores for this game have been very, very high. I've heard a lot of Deathloop. It did kind of die off after. I guess that's the Deathloop. It just kind of died. I think of all the games listed here, Deathloop seems the most game of the year to me. Honestly, if Returnal was on the list, I would think they would have a genuine real, real shot at this. But I guess they can only have one looping game where you die and keep coming back. I think <laughs> it'll be Deathloop that wins game of the year this year. Diego, I will go to you next. Which game will win game of the year at the VGAs? Okay, so like I I kind of agree with you uh, there in what the sense that you were saying how a game like it takes to is, you know, being an indie game, it might not be the one that gets the votes there in the end. But I do I do think that like Resident Evil 8 is the one that is going to be uh, winning the award. Uh, and I thought this because uh, I, I feel that it's usually a triple A title that wins. And I think people will vote you know, a Resident Evil game over something new like Deathloop. That's my only reasoning behind that. Though I would be surprised if if it is Deathloop, right? I, I mean, but I just, I'm going on a hunch here, of course. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> played that Resident Evil game, but I'm just, I'm going with that because I think it's also like, it's almost like a brand name in video games, mm. right? And I think a lot of people will probably go with like that one. Uh, the only reason I didn't mention Metroid Dread is because I, I always feel like Metroid doesn't get enough love in any situation, like ever, right? It's If you look at the Nintendo uh, uh, franchises, it's one of the ones that sells, like, the least, right? Uh, definitely doesn't even come close to Zelda or Mario ever. And uh, I as much as I want it to win, I, I don't think it, it will actually win. But as I mentioned before, the whole situation with, like, It Takes Two... I don't think it will be enough to win because, as as I mentioned before, it's like the whole indie uh, studio like producing a game. It's it's still not there for some reason. People won't vote for it. If it does win, that will be a very pleasant surprise, and that I think it'll be awesome to see. Um, you know, we spoke before. People have been complaining about like Forza not being nominated for this, and yeah, I. I I get their point. I've, I mean, I've actually I had to watch like reviews of people about this game and they're saying like it actually plays almost like a role playing game. Like mm-hmm. you actually like level up with your car. It, it's actually more interesting than I thought it would be, to be honest. But uh, I did want to mention before I and this I, I also uh, there's also a game that was nominated for like best indie game. It's called Death Store. That game looks amazing. I think I would have nominated that one uh, over quite a few of these uh, game of the year ones. And yeah, it's only because like I've from what I've seen of the game, it looks like a 2D style, like isometric Zelda type game, which is always my vibe. And you just play as this crow. And but like the animation for this game is just truly amazing. And uh, I feel like that that one may have been like should have been nominated as well for game of the year. But I guess there's only so many you can nominate. Right. I think everybody's going to have a game that they're going to feel like, oh, you know, it was snubbed from this category, uh, e- even though that's a situation I still hope. That it's Metroid Dread. I know you mentioned it that it might be them. I don't think so. I don't think Nintendo ever gets love in this like video game like uh, award thing. But if it does, that would be great. That would be great to see because I thought it was like a really great game. One day we're gonna get the press credentials to be able to be on the panel to nominate a game, and then we're gonna nominate a game that no one has played just to have it on the ballot because we think that would be fun. 
I think I checked and for Canada, I think CBC is one of them. And then there was another game company that I haven't heard of. So I think there's only two voting bodies in Canada that contribute to the video game awards. So who knows? Lucky mm-hmm. third, another castle. We'll see. Rodrigo, I have voted for Deathloop. Rodrigo, Rodrigo, Diego is voting for Resident Evil Village. I need you to tell us what will win game of the year at the VGA. My sense looking at the names on this list is that it's kind of a low-key yeah. year. And I feel like sometimes at the Oscars, when it is a low-key year, it gives some flexibility to voters to kind of go with the one that is like unlikely to win in any other year. So from the list, I was kind of thinking, like, my gut is telling me that this is the, the best uh, year that something like It Takes Two or Metroid Dread has to win. Like, in another year, it would just get blown out of the water and it wouldn't have a chance. So I, I'm not sure. Like, I think I, I like my sense is that those two are like the two that I see as most likely winners. Um, I think Metroid Dread also has the advantage of having some recency bias. Like the people just finished playing this game. They feel very satisfied with it. And now they have a ballot that is open from now until I think December 8th. So I'm going to give it to Metroid Dread this year. I just think like I, I, I do recognize what Diego's saying that it's like unless it's kind of like a Breath of the Wild. It's very hard for a Nintendo game to kind of be able to seal that, that title. But I think it's a low-key year, and sometimes in low-key years, people feel some flexibility to, to go elsewhere than perhaps the obvious choice. So might be in Metroid Dread's year. So we have Deathloop, we have Metroid Dread, and we have Resident Evil Village. So congratulations, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. You will be <laughs> the winner at the VGAs. Also, I'm sure it's an excellent game, too. Like, yeah, you know, no I'm sure these are all great games. I only really got a chance to play It Takes Two. But I'm, I'm not looking at any of these and saying, like, oh, any of these shouldn't be here. Psychonauts 2 is the one mm-hmm. that seems a little off to me. I'm sure that one's game. That game's good, too. I'll wait for it to be at the library. But yeah. we look forward to a Game of the Year award ceremony to look forward to. To look forward to again, because I've said it to look forward to four times. We hope that you looked forward to this episode, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you look forward to next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you follow us on all the socials at Another Castle CA. And most importantly, it's dangerous to go alone, so take this podcast with you. 